It's Thursday. Today is Thursday. I've brought you the greatest gift of all. Oh, yeah? Well, in that case... Entertain me! It's showtime. Make use of the help that God puts around you. We are not a glum lot. A promise is a promise. It's very simple. Just don't drink and go to meetings. Give time, time. Easy does it. I do it. Want to have self-esteem? Just do esteemable things. One day at a time. We carry the message, not the alcoholic. Don't quit before the miracle happens. Hey, with an effective character, three guys sitting around talking about our personal experience in recovery. Hey, I'm Mike. I'm Dennis. James here. The opinions are our own. We don't represent any particular organization, institution, or fellowship today. We'll be sharing our experience on hope. In this episode 110 of the Defective Characters Podcast, let's go. Woohoo! Yeah, back in the saddle. I was uh, I was pleasantly surprised we had more people listening last week than we've ever had before because the intro was back. You guys are right. I told you. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's all the intro. Man, I'm surprised anybody even listened the four months that you know we didn't have the intro. That was a long time. Do you look at the analytics yeah. every week? I do. Okay, I do. So it's um, I feel like the episodes that we have a topic that is one that wouldn't normally be done in most meetings because you know like gratitude's one that yes is in a lot of meetings but the ones that are are different and make us unique or the stories usually get more people re-listening to it because i can also tell if it's a re-listen or if it's a unique first time so awesome so how well does episode two do um honestly (laughs) sad to say The analytics, I think they failed on that one because it yeah. says that everybody listens to it. So I know it has to be fa- a false reading. Yeah. Like like everyone in the whole world, like the 7.3 <laughs> billion people. But I do, I, I do see there's one number that just keeps listening to it over and over and over. So I feel like. <laughs> oh that's well that's me actually to be honest whenever we go joke. to sleep, i put no. it on repeat because i that like was, to myself talk that was my joke dennis i know <laughs> i was just backing up your joke now we were yeah. joke. <laughs> i think i think it's i think it's gold why don't we why don't we start with you dennis how's everything been the last week no it's been all right i woke up this morning and it was 63 degrees out in florida so that's beautiful um let's see this past week i went to the psychiatrist um and i told him how like the medicine was still making me tired all the time and everything like they took my blood pressure my blood pressure was still super low and so like i was like okay so what do we do about it and then he told me, he was like, well, let's give it another month because I'm afraid if I take you off of it now, then the anxiety might return and it'll, it'll be worse. So let's give it another month and then we'll decide what to do. So I guess I'm going to spend another month with super low blood pressure and being sleepy all the time. So that's fun. Not really, but. 
also saw James Bond. I don't know if we mentioned that. Oh, yeah, we mentioned it. James said everybody died in the end, including James Bond. Oh, that's right. He did. He tried to spoil it. I did spoil it. Yeah, he said it several times. But obviously, James Bond isn't going to die because, like, it's James Bond. They can't kill the franchise, you know? Doesn't he have a, a movie like James Bond Never Dies or Never Say Die? Isn't that something? Yeah, never say die is one of them. Yeah. There's only so many or James Bond. No time though, to right? no time to die was this one. Because these are books first, right? And then they made them into movies. No, I don't think so. I think they're they're always just movies. So they're all original stories. Mm-hmm. They're not okay. Oh, I thought that they used to be movie. Uh, like they were originally stories way back when. And they just pick which one is the next one. No, no, uh-huh. they're all just their movies. And one thing that's interesting about it is like the people who created it, like the family that created it, whenever like all the movie companies obviously wanted to buy it from them, like the movie companies buy everything, they held out and they never sold it. So, like, the same family still owns the ip for it and all of all the copyrights for it that means so, intellectual property for correct there's there's yeah. a lot of people that aren't up on up on it and and yeah. have learned a lot because of you dennis because the three of us artistically kind of talk about things behind the scenes that people might have had no idea of so sorry to cut you off so yeah that's fine but yeah but like their company that family that owns it it's literally the only intellectual property they own hmm. so like james bond it's its own company <laughs> really very fascinating i yeah i'm surprised disney hasn't uh been able to sway them i mean they've been offered millions and millions of dollars no one like they just want to keep it so Give it another generation. I'm sure the kids will like. I would love it. If they had like a James Bond park, do you think Universal would do a better job with that? Maybe. Like it, it would have to be intense. It'd have to be like a immersive like thing with like explosions and like dodging or, bullets. Or could they could go the Legoland route, right? Maybe. You know, really, really kid it up. Or go go to like the Star Wars Rise of a Resistance route where it's like completely immersive with characters and everything in it. And you walk through the fac- a factory that's going to blow up or something. Mm, that'd be cool. Yeah. Get on it. So that, well, that sounds like a, a good week. Keep us up to date on, uh, on the next month in uh, any changes hopefully your br- blood pressure is there anything you can eat or anything you could do to help it out i mean i mean anything that raises my blood pressure <laughs> like would temporarily help like obviously because my blood pressure would go up so like exercising and stuff like that uh i've had at least one friend suggest like starting to drink coffee again and i'm like yeah no i'm not gonna do that so yeah. But we'll see. I mean, he the doctors hopefully are hoping that um, my body just adjusts to it more. So we'll see. Gotcha. But if if not, if it doesn't change this next month, then he's going to tweak it and probably do something else or go to a smaller dose or something. But 
whatever. Cool. The other medicine, the other medicine's working. It's just one particular medicine. So, yeah, awesome, cool, James. Thanks, Dennis. You're welcome. So, if you need to eat some food to raise your blood pressure, I suggest raisins. <laughs> Dude, I eat a lot of raisins. I love raisins. They're like my go-to snack at the moment. Nice. And messing my joke up. Now, <laughs> no, it was a bad joke to begin with. I liked it. <laughs> at least we're James Bonding. Now, <laughs> week has been good. Um, I found out. Well, I just double checked yesterday, like with my um, Disney. Disney employment now. I can go to a Disney park whenever I want. So I did. I organized the closet with my wife yesterday, which was really fun. And um, fun because when it was done, it's so decluttered. It's amazing. Um, I was like, it was about six o'clock and I was like, I'm going to go to Hollywood Studios and see the new fireworks display. Do you want to come, wife? She said, no, I'm good. I was like, all right, bye. And um, within 25 minutes, I was in the park and I got to park right at the front because everyone was leaving. And then I got to ride Tower of Terror, uh, rock and roller coaster. Wow. And I had never seen the Star Wars world they have there, which is called Batu. You're on planet Batu um, in the dark. And they, they lit it up so beautifully. And... And even Toy Story Land, which is um, you're shrunken down to the side. I think that's my favorite at night. Oh, it's that's really because you're you're in Andy's backyard, and then it's got like Christmas lights all strung about, but they're the size of me, so I'm really like the size of a toy. It's really cool. I had a lot of fun, and like Deno said, it was like 68 degrees outside, so it was beautiful, absolutely gorgeous. So, um. I might go do the same thing tonight at Magic Kingdom because I they've got a new fireworks store show there too. So, so how is the new fireworks? That's the thing. I was. It's all the whole show is about twenty minutes. It's all on um, animation. So it's like okay. um, a celebration of animation. It had all my favorites. It had some other ones that I I hadn't even seen before. Like I've never seen the Good Dinosaur that was up there. And before it, had, it was Star Wars, right? It was. Yeah. And, and it had a whole section on the show that you like, um, The Emperor's New Groove. And I was like, man, I still haven't seen that really. I saw it once, but I don't remember it. But here's the thing: there were no fireworks. It was all what? it was all projection mapping on which was beautifully done, but then it just had a few sparks. Like, wow, really? That's you, yeah, it's really different. They're wow. really, um, it's really, um, not to say anything bad about Disney, but they have not, they have saved a lot of money on fireworks. Just put it that way. Do you, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fireworks you, are expensive. You, th- you think that was, uh, maybe the reasoning behind it? Maybe they're just trying something new. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, it, cause in general, maybe they found that at that park, they weren't, uh, I guess keeping people there longer it wasn't helping them buy merchandise because one of the things about a fireworks show 
is that everybody lines up right there and there's so much stuff to buy. So that probably also helps them. So maybe they found that people weren't buying things later at night and sticking around for the show. And instead of dropping a bunch of money and gambling on it, they. Yeah. It know. could be because, like, the definitely like the famous fireworks shows that everyone wants to see has always been like Epcot and then Magic Kingdom second. Like, no one's ever been like, let's go to MGM or, or Hollywood to see the fireworks they always go to epcot like they'll leave parts i, to I go do to like epcot. the christmas the christmas show that they do at hollywood i thought was really good and they do what is it the jingle bam that they did uh, a couple years ago was new that came out i don't know neat you guys I, don't I know anyway anyway yeah so well that's fun james yeah and now i've got the day off today so i'm just gonna go uh, take care of my little beasts and clean all their linen so they have a nice, comfortable uh, rest area. And then, oh, I'm working on a new poster for uh, my other job, a Halloween one. I'm almost done. It's pretty cool. Nice. Awesome, Blossom. <laughs> I what had about a... you, Mike? Anything new with you, Mike? Yeah, I had, I had a busy week, and uh, I just want to – uh, put a little disclosure thing in that Dennis, I wasn't k- keeping you out of the loop of this. Uh, it's been it's been a busy week. Um, I sure. I contacted <laughs> San Antonio and I told them I needed everything put into writing. I still haven't got a contract yet, and they said that they couldn't put in writing that I could come back to Orlando um, so many weekends a month. And they said that they couldn't put in writing that they were planning on having a studio in Orlando for me to do long weekends and they would never be able to do that. And that I would just have to trust. Um, that, that doesn't, doesn't work for me. And I told them that I need that in there. And, uh, today I'm going to have to officially, uh, decline the position. Really? Wow. Hey, that, that might work out. They might, be like, okay, we'll put it in there. They might do that, or they might realize that maybe offering me less money to stay in Orlando and just go there two weekends a month would work out better for them. I don't know. But in for peace of mind, I need it. And also for the parenting plan, I need it. Um, because there has to be unless I completely signed every right away, um, I, I would need that for my ex-wife. So. Yeah, that makes sense. The way, the way that it, it seems it's, it's pretty close to, unless they surprise me, which I guess they've been doing. It just hasn't, uh, they've been surprising me right along. I don't think they're going to go for it. I think, I'm going to have to make the decision. Um, there's stuff in the business world that doesn't make sense, like how they just offered a number to me over the phone and never put anything on paper the last two and a half weeks and not a, an offer letter for a position. Seemed a little funky, you know, and not seeing a contract when it was over a week and a half ago that everything was agreed upon. It doesn't take that long for that stuff to be drawn up. 
Um, <laughs> Got to go to legal and all that. But. You'd think so, right? But they said a week ago that everything was all set and it was pretty standard and they would send it over. And that was a week ago. Yeah. So, so something is, uh, is slowing it down and I don't need to know what it is necessarily, but in the meantime, I'm, I'm here. And, uh, I do think unless something happens that I go James early November, um, I am going to have um, annual passes Monday through Friday because they have a uh, annual pass that is part of an endorsement with the radio station in Orlando that if I stick around, I will be able to take that opportunity to get that. So those are the best days well, to go. Weekday. That's cool. So we'll be able to, uh, to go and hopefully they get your meds right, Dennis. So that way we can, um, Maybe sometime next year, experience that, you know? Right. Yeah. See, that's a, that's a, a big enough reason to stay anyways, is now you can go to Disney all the time. Yeah. Yep. It's pretty, it's pretty swell. So I, um, I guess we were looking for a topic, and was it James? James came up with hope? Yes. How'd you come up with that, James? Um. Well, it's something my wife says. She um, she comes up with acronyms for everything, really. And um, she memorizes them and she says them over and over again at meetings. And the one she came up with that always has stuck with me for hope is hang on, pain ends. And um, it's just, it's remarkable how well that fits with hope, you know, because usually you have hope in the midst of pain, you know, or you don't have hope where, where that's where you need hope is when you're in pain. So it's just kind of like a, a subtle reminder, like, just hang on. It's, it's going to get better. You know, it's, it's going to get better. And, um, it's, it's, it just led me to think of it. Like when you brought said, when you sent the text, Hey guys, we need a topic. And I was, I didn't even check and see if we had done that before. Like hope it's a great one. And yeah, Dennis said, and, and honestly, I had to look through twice because we've done now 109 other topics or had speakers as well. Um, there's not many that we haven't done, and they all hover around the same thing. But that's the the principles kind of lead us to it, you know, and the the slogans and the acronyms that I know saved my saved my ass early on and still to to this day. The word hope defined as a feeling of trust. When addicts and alcoholics reach the ending point in their recovery, they cannot trust themselves to stay away from a drink or a drug. That kind of fear seeps into all parts of their lives. I sent some follow-up questions um, with it. You guys mind if I start first with my experience on hope? Yes. Go ahead. Um, before I was in the rooms... I had pretty much written off that there was any hope that I could stay away from a drink or a drug um, in that I, uh, I guess the word emo comes to mind because I've always been an emotional person. And then when there's the type of music that back in the uh, 2000s was really popular and people called it emo, it was like punk rock mixed with whatever. And I would love listening to that. crying teenagers, crying teenagers. I would listen to that 
And still, honestly, and maybe it's because the music that, like a lot of people, that they liked when they were teenagers, they still enjoy listening back to it because you remember where you were. So I used to listen to that type of music in my car while I was drinking and would just, it would just take me back. And I had tried the tapering off and I wasn't able to do it. And I said towards the end, you know what? There's absolutely no hope. Like I'm just going to have to sneak my drink or drug and I can't get through a day without uh, having uh, some sort of alcohol. And I, I just needed it. And I would do the thing where I would, um, you know, mark the bottles and know that which ones had water. And because I was trying to fill it up to make it look like I didn't drink as much and which ones I would always say, like, I, like I lied to my significant other, my wife at the time, I said, you know, people put like hard alcohol in the freezer, but it changes the taste. So we can't do that. But in reality, I knew it's because if I put it in the freezer, there was so much water in the alcohol <laughs> that it would freeze and I would be exposed. So I tricked her into keeping it out of the freezer because a lot of her friends are like, oh, I want to do a shot of, you know, this uh, this vodka, this blueberry vodka. Uh, but I want it to be cold. And I, I would always be like, no, we can't put it in the freezer. It changes the taste. Um, and I was just I was a a helpless case where I was in my head all the time and when I did start going into the rooms, I heard people tell stories that were very, very dark and they shared their experience, strength and hope. And towards the end, I was lucky that it wasn't just all drunk log, meaning it just wasn't all how it was. They would have a timer set at one of my home groups where it was a 30 minute share but the first seven minutes was, was okay for drunk log. Then the next seven was like how it was in the beginning coming in. And then the next 15 or so was how it actually was now, that hope period. And that allowed me to see that my life did not have to be how it was in my head. And it led me towards the steps and to know that, any day that was really bad, my sponsor would say like, okay, well, let's do some work then. Like, let's get out of that. Um, and when I hit step three is when I definitely found some relief. For me, it was right in between Thanksgiving and Christmas because I came in in September where I started feeling better. And that first year on Christmas Day, going to the Alcathon, and thinking like, oh, you know, I'm such a loser. I'm going to an AA Alcathon on Christmas. And all my best friends were there that I had just made, you know, that had, they were familiar faces. So I felt a part of, I felt like there was hope. And this program really does it if you allow yourself to be open to it, where I used to think that people cared about me. And then when I quit drinking, they didn't come around anymore because the one thing that we had in common wasn't there. That was it for them. 
Meanwhile, I go into the rooms and everybody is either different gender, different sexual orientation, different uh, occupation, different age. And we have so much that looks like is not in common. But the one thing that we do have in common, even if somebody goes out and experiments and drinks and then comes back, we're still there. You know, we're still there for them. So even that one thing, we're still like, yeah, like just keep like we talked about last week, just keep coming back because that's where the hope is. For me, the hopes in the rooms, the fellowship and the connecting with other people of, hey, you can have a great life today, but you can't do it alone. So that's that's my experience uh, on on hope that I have. Who's next? Thanks, Mike. Welcome. <laughs> I guess I'll go next. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I don't know if I was really hopeless in the sense of like, I didn't think I could quit. Um, I had a definitely a hard time, but it was kind of one of those things if, if I like willpowered enough, I can, I can quit. And then I ended up doing that for like a year and a half before I came in. But obviously, I was miserable. You know, my depression got a lot worse. My anxiety got a lot worse. Like, everything just like, you know, it, when you spend like 15, 20 years numb, and then all of a sudden you take this numbness away and everything floods in, it's really hard. But like, before I ever came into the rooms, and I had been sober for a, for a while and was miserable i got to the point of being hopeless about like that i could actually get better you know so like okay i could quit i can not do something but i can't live normally not doing that you know i can't function as a human being and i got really hopeless with that and then it wasn't until the first meeting that i went to and like listened to everyone share um i don't remember what the topic was or what they said or anything but like here i was filled in a room filled with people and they were all talking about things that i could relate to and things that i was going through for a while now but they were all like laughing about it and like seemed like they were normal people and everything. So that gave me like hope for the first time in a long time, you know, and I thought like, okay, well, if these people kind of understand what I'm going through and they seem to be like happy and normal and, you know, can talk about it without crying, but, you know, and laugh at it instead, then they obviously know something I don't have you know, or something that I don't know. So that gave me a lot of hope that like these people, the fellowship AA and whatever they were doing, which I didn't really understand at the time, um, could actually help me, you know, and in a lot of ways it did, you know, and in a lot of ways it still is. Um, and it's, yeah, I don't know. Like, hope is one of those, like, things that I can, like, struggle with, just like faith or whatever, where, like, at moments I was like, oh, it's, today's going to be a great day, and it's going to be, uh, 
a great future and, and everything and like, oh, this bad thing happens. Oh, I hope it's going to work out and that kind of thing. Um, like I kind of relate the two a lot with faith and hope or whatever. And so in the same instances, like I can get very doubtful, you know what I'm saying? And very cynical and very like hopeless in a way, especially like when my anxiety gets really bad or the depression kicks in and something like that. It's like, if hope is like the sunshine, then the freaking the doubt and everything else like eclipses the sun to where I just don't see it anymore. And then I think that's where like having to rely on faith a little bit more that even though I can't see it at the moment that I know it is going to come through. And that kind of brings hope, you know, and then like thinking about like gratitude and, and stuff like that can kind of lead into hope. If I think back of all the other times that I've like struggled or lost a little bit of hope and how it all worked out in the uh, most of the time in the better and in a relatively smooth way, then I can apply that to the present instance or struggle or whatever it might be, which would then build hope. You know, it's like, okay, if, if it all worked out before, then it'll work out now. So that gives me a little hope, you know, it's, it's a constant struggle, I think. But I'm rambling. What do you think, James? Oh, uh, I'd hoped you'd call on me. I did. I'm so I excited. Did. So, Mike's first question was, did you give up before AA? And uh, honestly, yes. You guys know that I came in to the program at 23 and tried to get sober over and over again. Couldn't do it. And I finally, you know, I just gave up. I was, there was no God in my life. There was... There was no, you know, honesty. I was just like, the only thing I was honest about was I do not want to quit. I, there's no hope for me. And I'm just going to go go out swinging. And, um, you know, God had other plans for me. He, um, he, he definitely let me take my own path. And because of that, I really destroyed a lot of everything around me and I, I hurt a lot of people that I truly cared about and I took advantage and I you know I was I was not the person that God intended me to be um, through all of that thankfully I didn't end up hurting anyone physically uh, by drunk driving I didn't end up in jail um, you know so it, the consequences could have been worse if I had not um, had a spiritual experience that brought me to my knees. And because of that spiritual experience, um, I was able to go back to the rooms and, and really have a new sense of hope. So hope began for me when I found out that God was real, that he had always been real, and he'd always been watching out for me. And I knew that because he to me once... <laughs> You know, I, I heard the awesome voice of God and I felt him in the room when I when when you have a spiritual experience, it's there's just no explaining it. You're just you just know. And because of that, I was able to get hope for the first time. You know, I was like, wow, God's real, you know, and 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 he let me live through that so I can share my experience, strength and hope with others. 
and he he made it so I can really start rebuilding my life too. Um, so when I moved up to Celebration, I really got a sense of like, okay, everything's going to be okay. You know, I, I had a roof over my head. Uh, I got a job uh, about a week or about a month after I got here. And I was able to start doing little things like, you know, paying bills and paying off debt. Um, I had a car that I could drive around. Um, I was really starting to get hope back. And, um, and I owe all of that to God. You know, I, God gave me the tools. Um, and the little tools that I use are being in the day, staying in the day, being grateful. You know, um, that's the biggest tool for me is just being grateful for what I have and, and knowing that, you know, it could have been so much worse, but don't, don't forget how it was because if, you know, I pick up a drink or a drug today, it'll go right back to that. And, um, I, I don't know, whenever, um, troubling events appear, um, I, I have the ability to go to God today. So I don't, I don't really go far away. I've in four and a half years that I've really gotten to know God and I met him and I have made him everything. I have not missed the day. Have I missed the meditation? Yes, but I have not missed the day in four and a half years of talking and praying and asking God for help. So in a way I have, have not wavered off the program because God's everything, you know, God is everything to me. And, um, I'm going to keep coming back. Thanks. That's great. Thank you, James. Well, another powerful message that you guys shared and my gobbledygook, I think wraps up another week. Any burning desires, anything else you guys want to toss out on here? Um, I don't know. Do you have anything, Dennis? Mm, not that I can think of at the moment. Well, if you do, just let me know and we can re-edit this in. It'll take a lot of work. <laughs> <on my> part, <laughs> uh, in the meantime, we will be back next Thursday sharing our experience, strength, and hope with you on episode 111. We're the defective characters entirely ready to have all these character defects removed. Remember... Just like the kids say, it's always dope to have hope. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> That's what they say. Oh I'll see you next time. It's a saying. Awesome. It's sure. A saying. All right. It is now. <laughs>